This is Morning Edition on NHPR. I'm Rick Ganley, and this is the New Hampshire News Recap. Certainly the top news story of the week is former President Donald Trump now facing criminal charges following the indictment from a grand jury. So what's the reaction from Republican leaders here in New Hampshire, and how might this legal case play a role in the next presidential primary? Joining me now to answer these questions is NHPR's senior political reporter, Josh Rogers, and Stephen Porter, a reporter for the Boston Globe. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. So, Josh, I want to start with you. I know you talked with several top Republicans here in the state uh, this week about these indictments. What do they have to say about Trump's criminal case? Well, by and large, uh, Republicans of the sort of activists and kind of activist plus class here have their doubts about the the case against Trump. Several I spoke basically, uh, people I talked to basically see it the same way that the former president does, is driven by who he is more than by his conduct. Some obviously acknowledge that you know, being the first former president to face criminal charges uh, isn't ideal. But, you know, more than one official I talked to made the point that, uh, you know, people see Donald Trump as they see him, and that's not likely to be changed by anything other than something more than um, than than this seems to be at this point. Although, you know, we obviously we don't really know. But uh, but but uh, but um you know, there are indications from people I talk to that they see this as helping the former president in the short term as he as he seeks to, to run in 2024. The United States of America is not a banana republic. We don't weaponize the justice system against political opponents. We just don't do that. I think it solidifies his base. I think the people that love Donald Trump will just be emboldened by this. And I think the people that hate Donald Trump will, will see it as, you know, the proof that they've been waiting for all along that he's a, a thug and a criminal. No, that was uh, the first speaker there was uh, Fred Doucette. And he was, interestingly, he was the co-chair of Trump's first two state campaigns. Uh, this week, he uh, signed on with the campaign of Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. So he's no longer um, a sort of a card-carrying sort of Trump re-election guy. The second person was Chris Maben. He's the GOP chairman in uh, Hillsborough County. And um you know, we're, we'll see where this goes. I mean, yeah, we don't have a choice. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It is the big story. Stephen, what did you hear from Republican leaders or political scientists? So I spoke with political observers of an academic variety, and some of them certainly expressed uh, similar views to what uh, Josh just mentioned about uh, public sentiment being so cemented at this point that it'll be interesting to see whether um, there's really any shift at all. Um but one professor, John Lapie at Plymouth State, said that the indictment appears to be energizing Trump's base, specifically with this kind of a rally around the flag effect. My colleague James Pindle had a piece of analysis this week where his assessment was that, um, you know, for a while, Donald Trump maybe wasn't the center of media attention, but he is again. And so um, that type of rally around the, uh, the flag effect could actually help his odds in, in the New Hampshire primary. Sure. We've seen this play out before um, in, in earlier years. Josh, what about Governor Sununu? What do you have to say about this? Well, the governor said several things about uh, Trump being charged uh, throughout. You know, he stressed that his view that um, Donald Trump won't be the Republican pick in 2024. Um, you know, during an appearance on Real Time with Bill Maher, which was taped um, prior to the uh, indictments being unsealed, Sununu said he assumed the former president was guilty and didn't believe that he should be the nominee in 2024. But he also confirmed that he would vote for him if he ends up being the nominee. And this stance from Sununu is somewhat 
familiar. Um, you know, in 2022 elections, you know, obviously endorsed Chuck Morris in the U.S. Senate primary here over Don Bolduc, called Don Bolduc conspiracy theorist type candidate, tried to make sure he wouldn't be nominated. But then once he was, um, you know, he said he's going to be better than the Democrat and therefore I'm going to uh, vote for him. Mm -hmm. And Sununu reiterated essentially he's a lifelong Republican. And, you know, that's that's yeah. That's what, who he is. And, and Bill Maher sort of pushed back a little bit on that with kind of a, a, a party or, um, you know, party over, over over country theme there. You know, it was it was an interesting interview. Um, we heard from Sununu this week about his own political ambitions at a New England council breakfast. Did he say anything more about his possible run for president, which he's been teasing? Well, he's good at saying enough things that it's sort of confusing, keeps his name out there, and, and we don't know what he's going to do. We don't know what he's going to do. He said that he'll be making up his mind this summer. He noted that the first presidential debate will be in August and that it would make sense to sort things out before then. Uh, Sununu also interestingly indicated jokingly that, that he may not run for governor, uh, saying, quote, he needed a real job. Uh, he, he also didn't take that option off the table. Um, but one thing he did say that was interesting is that he would be getting involved in the 2024 race, um, you know, potentially as a candidate, but certainly uh, by making an endorsement in 2024, it, it, if it came to that and throwing what he called his full support behind a candidate. Um, you know, he, he also acknowledged during that Bill Maher interview that, you know, being a governor from New Hampshire, considering uh, a presidential run puts him in a situation where if he were to run and not win the New Hampshire primary, it would likely be the end of his campaign. And, you know, that that does get at a potential issue for Sununu at a presidential candidate is that, you know, he might not be able to win the New Hampshire primary. I mean, we're well aware if he's not in the race, we're well out. But, you know, the polling indicates that that could be a challenge. And, um, you know, if you talk about it, if you look at his statements about potentially endorsing someone, potentially trying to be a so-called kingmaker, whether those exist anymore is another thing. But but potentially trying to do that is something that that, you know, doesn't seem uh, implausible, certainly a time tested way to get a job. His own father, um, you know, ended up in the White House being the chief of staff to George H.W. Bush by that route. So, you know, we'll see they're very they're You know, the governor appears to have a lot of options these days. And, you know, his sort of media tour and efforts to promote himself does really seem to have upped his national profile, potentially President Trump, potentially looking for a job in the private sector, maybe another two years in mm -hmm. Concord. Um, you know, options are very much open to him right now. Um, that may not be the case forever, but that's certainly the case now. He does seem to certainly enjoy the attention as well. Yes. It's Morning Edition here on NHPR. We're recapping this week's news with NHPR's Josh Rogers and the Boston Globe's Stephen Porter. If you've got some questions, you can inform our reporting. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at voices at nhpr.org. Now, we've been talking about the upcoming New Hampshire presidential primary, and ahead of that contest in the 2024 election, the state is trying out new ballot counting machines. There's been only one certified manufacturer of ballot machines in New Hampshire up until now, and the technology is very old. Stephen, how is the state testing out some new machines? So the final decision about which ballot counting device or devices um, will be certified for New Hampshire elections in 2024 and beyond ultimately falls to the Ballot Law Commission. And that commission is currently considering its options from four different manufacturers. So they've been reviewing specifications very carefully and carrying out tests to make sure the devices are reliable and will meet the needs of New Hampshire municipalities. What's important to note um, about this testing process is that the Ballot Law Commission 
isn't just you know firing up devices in a vacuum. They're not on some manufacturer's sales floor pressing a few buttons. They may do that, but after they do that, um, they they take the devices and put them through the ringer of a real live New Hampshire election under very close scrutiny from local and state officials. And so the reason why this was in the news this week was because the Secretary of State's office delivered audit reports to the Ballot Law Commission for four trial runs that were conducted in March municipal elections at uh, four different sites around the state. And what were the results? So all of the audit reports for this latest round of trial runs gave a passing grade to the devices that were used last month's last month rather there were some um prior tests that were done last fall and there's some more tests coming up but this this latest round of reports included more than 100 pages of documentation with a lot of detail about what authorities observed so this was not not a rubber stamp Um, and then looking forward as far as the approval process goes I asked Secretary of State David Scanlon about the timeline, and he said that his office will keep carrying out this due diligence process and eventually make a recommendation once everything is in order. Uh, And the plan is to get the new system certified or systems ahead of the 2024 elections. Even then, it will be up to individual municipalities to decide whether to use the devices that have been certified. So currently, the only devices that are certified are AccuVote machines, but there are uh, four other options that may be certified in the future. Now, this it is, and it is worth mentioning that the AccuVote machines that are certified are really at the end of their lifespan. Um, they're sort of co- literally cobbled together with parts, and there's you know yeah. post 2024, it's it's not going to be viable. It's to, to like a it. discontinued car at this point. It's there's no parts available for it. Yeah. Absolutely. So Secretary Scanlon told me that uh, officials have been informed that the AccuVote devices will be serviceable through 2024. But yeah, the, the serviceable uh, entails used parts from from other uh, devices. Yeah. So um, certainly something that needs to be deprecated. And just quickly, Stephen, there's been a number of conspiracy theories around these ballot counting machines, both nationally and here in New Hampshire. Uh, has the Secretary of State's office dealt with any pushback as they're testing these machines? Well, there has certainly been um, some some litigation, some some community members uh, expressing concern, both both formally and informally. Uh, and those Dominion systems, uh, in particular at the national level, have been subjected to conspiracy theories. It's the subject of a high-profile defamation lawsuit at Fox News. But that skepticism didn't seem to spawn really widespread qualms. There were um, Um, tests of Dominion systems in Milford last month. And the town moderator told the ballot law commission this week that there was really only one voter who raised really specific questions and concerns based on that, Mm -hmm. uh, based on that Dominion system. And that voter had the option to have their vote hand counted. And so that was how local officials dealt with that. So uh, the the process is moving along and uh, local officials do not seem to be uh, too worried about that. I want to turn to State House news just briefly here. The New Hampshire House passing their version of a state budget this week. Josh, can you give us a recap of how that went and, and what comes next? Well, it went more smoothly than plenty of people anticipated. The budget cleared the House yesterday in a bipartisan fashion. You know, key aspects of this plan um, are, you know, spend $16 billion. Uh, it was hashed out between the House's majority leader, minority leader, and late-breaking changes where more money for Medicaid provider rates $20 million less for education freedom accounts, uh, a, a refinement of the school funding provisions in it, targeting aid to property, poor districts, 
you know, crimping of executive branch emergency powers. But, you know, ultimately it was it was the support of Democrats that got that amendment added to the budget. It ultimately did pass on a voice vote. And, you know, leaders are stressing this budget gives the House something, a negotiating position when it gets into negotiations at the end of the year with the Senate. This budget did scuttle some of the initiatives that Governor Sununu sought, such as broad licensure reforms. It does include a cross-the-board pay raise for state employees. It does expedite the um, sunsetting of the interest in dividends tax. So there's a lot in here for, for many constituencies, but this is very much a work in progress. The Senate's going to be getting cracking on its version of the budget on Monday. And, uh, you know, they don't have to have this thing in place until the end of June. Okay. We'll see what comes next. I know you'll be reporting on it. Thank you, Josh. You're welcome. Josh Rogers is NHPR's senior political reporter. And Stephen Porter is a reporter for the Boston Globe. Stephen, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your reporting with us both. You can find all of the stories we talked about and more at nhpr.org and bostonglobe.com. And we are here next Friday with more top headlines. I'm Rick Ganley. This is NHPR.